Roadrunner podcast. Yep, glad y'all could join us here today on this the American Roadrunner podcast. Here where we share stories from the road on our two-wheeled motorcycle machines, all tales of spills, thrills, and chills, all the good, bad, and ugly stories from the open road. I am your host, Bob Marshall, fellow wrencher, rider, racer, and author of the book entitled, you guessed it, American Roadrunner. Feel free to find us on social medias. And I'm Brian, your Cracked Voice co-host for today. You can find us online at AmericanRoadRunnerTheBook.com, on Facebook at American Roadrunner The Book, on Instagram at American Roadrunner, that's all one word. Comments, questions, cheers and jeers, email us at AmericanRoadRunnerTheBook at gmail.com. This podcast can be found on AmericanRoadRunnerPodcast.com. All the things we do here are built around the book aptly named American Roadrunner by Bob Marshall on Amazon paperback, ebook, and coming soon on audiobook. And we are brought to you by Ride 1K in a Day. Also, brought to you by the Flying Dutchman Company and Bowmonster.com. Very good stuff. Excited for this episode. Today, we have an interviewee. Why don't you introduce yourself, Miss? Uh, my name is Annette Jarth. That's earth with a d in front of it i like you i like yeah. it so annette earth with a d in front of it where were you born i was born in frankfurt germany my father i was an army brat <laughs> army brat army cool. brat nice and uh where do you call home nowadays right now home is in fontana fontana, fontana. california yeah steel town usa that's where the raceway is. Oh, yeah. They got a mm -hmm. raceway out there. They got all sorts of exciting things. A lot of wind, too. It gets Ooh. a little breezy there. A lot and of wind. I know they do call it Fontucky, and every every year there's like a tornado that touches down and takes a trailer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't seen too many Hopefully trailers. Hopefully not my trailer. Yeah. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of good history on that town regarding the two-wheeled community. Yes. Yeah. Well, between Germany and Fontana, when did you start riding, Annette? Started riding in the dirt. With my family growing up, mini bikes. Mini bikes, okay. Mini bikes. And four-wheelers and stuff like that? No, at that time, back in that back in that day, it was only two-wheelers. Okay. Yes. Cool. I'm a little older than the, the quad thing. <laughs> so when did you start uh, riding motorcycles on the pavement? 2000. 2000? I literally mm. got kicked off the back of a Harley. Oh, really? Came home to a new new Harley in the garage. Okay. Said, so here you go. What was your your first motorcycle that you owned? I had after that I had a twelve hundred uh, Sportster twelve hundred Custom. After that. Cool. And, yes. And what do you ride now? Right now I have a two thousand eleven Street Glide. You forgot to say how bright and orange it is. Oh, that's right. It that's can be seen for miles around. <laughs> orange is, is my favorite color. It is so bright and, and orange. I, yeah, it was it was used, and I hunted that thing for about four months before I I was about to give up and just go gray, and then one morning there she was. You saw her from a mile away. Huh? I saw her. Well, she popped up on the internet and called the guy or text the guy that immediately and said, "I'll be there tomorrow." Drove it home. 
Yeah. Well, it is pretty nice. Every so often I'm privileged to get to ride a few places with Annette and it's nice to look forward or look behind me and see her orange dot. <laughs> yeah, it's dot because you leave me in the dust. <laughs> Only sometimes. <laughs> Most times. Yeah. Well, you know. Because you do not ride the speed limits. <laughs> I totally do the speed. No, you do I not. I might get no. up to 66 and a 65. No, he's lying. Oh, my gosh. I thought you the didn't have a speedometer, Bob. He doesn't. I don't. I just guesstimate. <laughs> I do. The word is guesstimate. I like guesstimate. to guesstimate. Have a good time guesstimating. <laughs> he rounds down in his favor, apparently. He does. Annette actually comes from some good lines of racers herself. She's not much of a turtle throttler, in my opinion. <laughs> She's more of a hair throttler. Yeah, that's what I've been told. So who's your father, Annette? My father is Paul Durth. And he was one of the original land speed racers uh, for the 200-mile-an-hour club. Yeah, yeah, back in the day. That was back when they were only allowed to take V6s out in El Mirage. But uh, in our world of land speed racing, definitely very OG. Lucky for me to get to hang out with him every so often these days. He's uh, quite the character. How old is he these <laughs> yes, days? He is. <laughs> How old is he these days? Uh, my father is 77. Yeah, that's pretty good. And he was only, what, 19 or something when he... Yeah, he started extremely young. Land speed racing. And he still land speed races. He doesn't drive, but he's out there with a team, getting the car ready. Yeah, he, he's it's... got a, a racer that... Um, they don't pay them, the older racers, but they they provide the vehicle, rooms, all the food. Right, and the then they diems. And then they tow the, the car out, and then the guy just show, flies in. So they get to be involved and feel important and be do their thing without paying for anything. Well, you really need that experience. Yeah. yeah. You need to have that kind of wisdom from the older ones when you're out there racing. There's always the first ones who will tell you, oh, you know, um, you forgot to pull this. If you don't pull this, you're not going to make it down course. And I wish I had a dollar for every time the older wisdom assisted me in my land speed racing ventures. So. Yeah. That is that is something that you two seem to have in common is uh, honorable paternity. You both have fathers that yeah. not only you love and respect, but are loved and respected in the community of motorcycles. Am I wrong? No, you're absolutely right. Although your dad's never been a motorcycle rider, just a nice land speed racer. Yeah, he didn't race. I mean, we had bikes growing okay. up. He was the reason why we I grew up in dirt. Okay. So they had dirt bikes and they did all of that stuff when I was growing up. You see, folks, I am learning with you. Yeah, and nice. street. He had street bikes too growing up. Okay. And then, and then he took a pretty bad spill. Um, came home and sold everything. Oh really? Yeah. It was like not fair to me. It was like it's not my fault you crashed. Like how bad was this spill? Yeah, it he's was still up and walking. So. Well, it was pretty bad. They wanted to take his leg. Um. And they talked with my mom about it. My mom wouldn't make the decision. So my mom called his parents and said, you get down here and you make the decision. And my parent, and his, my grandparents said, no, let's just take a chance. And he's got, still got a leg. So, well, yeah, my mom didn't want that kind of responsibility. Oh, wow. But then after that, he sold everything. So. And what does he do now? Um, he's retired. Doesn't Good. do much of much. Good on him. Just drives rat race car around. Well, yeah, it sounds, land. Like, it sounds like he earned it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he definitely did. In fact, um, the guy that 
races the car now. They they're talking about going to Bolivia. Yeah. Next year. Yeah. So he's working on his going. passport and he wants to go down there with her and do that. So. Good. Yeah, as long as you got a turbo up in Bolivia, because that that elevation is way up there. I forget the elevation right about now, but holy heck, as long as you're uh, turboed and pushing a little air in the front of your engine, yeah. Our fastest motorcycle in the world, Ralph Hudson, just did 298 out there, I think. So would a motorcycle run differently because it's higher in elevation? Is that what Yeah, the, the air is a lot weaker. So oh, if you're naturally okay. aspirated, you ain't going to perform for crap. But oh, kind of like athletes, you know, trying to exactly. run in the mountains. I get it. Okay, exactly. I didn't know it was the same way for motorcycles. I oh, guess yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. Motors. The lack of atmospheric pressure really does a number on your engine. Your engine's always starving for more air. Motorcycles are like people. They breathe air and they, mm-hmm. they spit fire. Okay, yeah. got it. Yep, suck, boom, bang, blow. <laughs> In that order. In that order. In that order. Somewhere around the preferred stoichiometry, somewhere around 14.7 to 1. That is 14.7 parts air to 1 part fuel. The closer you can get to that, the better. So, if you're able to shove a bunch of air down the throat of your motorcycle engine, you can do okay. And if you are shoving air down the motorcycle engine make sure it is that number that you just quoted <laughs> exactly you gotta measure it first if it's wrong it might explode in the wrong way well and that's a wonderful thing about land speed racing it's all about the science yeah it really is all just a big science experiment how fast can i make this machine go without killing myself <laughs> or my wallet speed costs how fast do you want to spend that's, that's the mark so yeah, i guess there is a fine line between uh Losing your life and losing your pension, huh? Exactly. Annette, let's talk about some traveling you've done. Okay. Got to cruise a few places the last few years across this beautiful country of ours? Yes. Last year, I was able to go out to Maine and back solo. It's kind of a bucket list item, I guess, I'd say. Took about four weeks to do that. Um... Where else did I go by myself last year? I met you guys out in Sturgis. Oh, yeah. That was good yeah. times. All of us took off by ourselves and ended up there together. There was like... Oh, I know. That was terribly strange. I remember halfway through the ride day, and I think we just did a few hundred miles, hopped around and saw the sights, and I thought, why am I riding with these people in Sturgis? I could ride with these people yeah. in California. <laughs> yeah, because... Yeah, exactly. Cause... And it was just you and me, Beck, a few other ladies... Yeah, well, well I, I had a good time. Yeah, because Carrie and her husband left on mm-hmm. their own, and then I left, you left, Becky left, and then um, Juice left yeah. on her own, and then Mitch and a couple other girls went on their own. Then we all ended up there together. Yeah. So that was a little odd, but I had a great great time with everybody. Yeah, it yeah. was a good time. Some of them were staying out at uh, the Chip. Yeah. We all, and we all stayed at different places, so that was nice. Then I did Oregon. I did Dreamroll up in Oregon. That was nice. Yeah. And then a couple of trips to Arizona. And. How do you feel, though, traveling by yourself? You're usually staying in hotels, right? Yes. And yes. what's your. Uh, I remember you saying earlier you preferred not to ride at night. So it's mostly riding during the day. Yeah. I don't like to ride at night when I'm. A, I don't like to ride at night in general, but mm-hmm. I will if I have to. Um, I usually try to stop before it gets dark. Definitely. I just don't yeah. feel just being single and something happy. I break down. Some weirdo pulls up next to me at night. 
I'm well protected, but you just never know what's out there. So I try to be in my room before dark. So for other Definitely. women who prefer to ride single out there who are listening, let's hear the tips and tricks to... Tips and tricks. Tips and tricks. Well, I try to... Um, I use hot wire for my rooms. Right. So I do, I guess it would be supper early, mm -hmm. a Midwest thing. Try to uh, get my last... Be, that would be dinner. Uh, it's so confusing. <laughs> I eat before I get to the room. And while I'm eating, I do hot wire. Try to find the best rates. Get the cheapest room I could find. Um, and then... But I prefer to stay in the mom and pop places. Because yeah. I just like to give my money to the smaller people. So if I see a hotel motel where i can actually park my bike in front of my room right but they're not popping up on hot wire i will i will go over there to the front desk and say hey this is what the lowest rates on hot wire are popping up would you be willing to meet these rates and they usually always say yes i haven't been turned down once yet nice i think it costs them money to be on hot wire right it's so they don't do it now. yeah so i think if you just offer your money up yeah they'll take it hmm and then you're closer to your bike, and I, I feel safer when I'm closer to my bike, for Do sure. Do you bring your bike into the room like some people might have done? Like I have done. done that in the past. Um, shady place up in Monterey. But no, normally I, I don't. If I mean, I don't want nothing to happen to my bike because that is my baby. Um, but I keep her pretty well locked. Yeah. I have the handlebar locks, and then I have a brake lock, cool. and then a cable lock. That's true. I remember watching you like cover your bike and Yes, locks. it takes me a yeah. while to lock up my bike when yeah, I do that right. a lot with when I'm solo cuz I don't want to wake up and not have a bike and then yeah, try to suck. take all that gear on a plane. <laughs> that, I, I just imagine the scene in Pee-wee Herman, <laughs> mm -hmm. that movie where he's got the big white bike chain That's for his exactly bike what it's and like. he just keeps on pulling it out, pulling it out, pulling it out, pulling it out, yeah. locks it up. It's just a little plastic white plastic chain, but it's Hilarious. Well, she's lucky to have all the uh, all the saddlebags in her bagger. So yeah, I keep I keep all of that. Well, I keep the the cable lock wrapped around my my yeah. bag, my saddlebag, my the big one. I know. In the last year, you've gotten a little lighter in your packing. How's that treating you? I'm still getting used to it because I'm the kind of girl that um, likes to pack like 16 pair of underwear. <laughs> I think right. that's a girl thing. We've heard that before. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a new magic number. It is. <laughs> I like I I like clean clothes and I I and I layer, so I'd like to pack a lot of clothes. But um, I've been trying to scale that way down. It's been a big learning experience for me. Yeah. Um, I don't like it, but if I want to keep going and not be so heavy and have so, I do have been doing laundry on the road, which. I love doing laundry at home all day long, but on the road, I just hate doing it. It's just something about it I just can't stand. So, been trying to get better at that. Wearing my pants a couple more times and just once or twice. And and I think you usually wear under I do. Uh, long johns when it's cold. I wear long johns, usually two pairs of socks, oh, my okay. pants, and then I wear a tank top, t-shirt, long john long sleeve and then my leather shirt yeah and then my sweatshirt on top of that 
So I, I layer. And I learned the layering when I had my sportsters because they had no saddlebags. So I had to learn to layer if I wanted, you know, to stay warm and not carry the big old heavy jackets. Yeah, sure. Because you don't want to leave your leather jacket on the bike and then get stolen. So you just kind of layer with the crap, with the crappy clothes. That's that's a good tip. That's how I do the same thing. That's how I how I learned. But just the layering is is just easier. You got layers. You're like an onion. (laughs) There's lots of layers to me. (laughs) (laughs) But that's a whole nother story. That's a whole (laughs) whole nother story. So yeah, I'm learning to to pack lighter. Let's hear about your philanthropy work with the Ielitas and such. Mm, the Elitas. In fact, we got something coming up this Saturday. Ah, uh, yes. Which Saturday? What's the date of this? Oh, that would be the 16th, Saturday the 16th. And you guys are more than welcome to join us if you'd like. So Saturday, February Saturday. 16th, 2019. <laughs> <laughs> Some people might be listening to this a long time from now. So, But we're having a meet and greet. Feel free to DM Annette for the address. Yes. I suspect. And it's, they can DM you on your Instagram, which is? Uh, netters backwards. <laughs> Let's hear it, Sretton. <laughs> How do you spell it, Threaten? It is S-R-E-T-T-E-N, Threaten, but it's Netters backwards, because my nickname was Taken, so I went went backwards. It's pretty exciting, and that's actually already been on quite the podcast, so it's a quite honor to have her here on our humble little abode. Yeah, and we did have another female biker on the podcast uh, a couple episodes ago, Miss Kelsey Bowles, and you know, um, I know she rides with you, and she has lots of respect for you. You seem to be kind of like a, a den mother to a pack of you know women that ride motorcycles. They all look up to you. Why is that? Pack of my girls. Um, I think because I'm patient with them. You know, I know that a lot of these girls are are extremely new, and um, they're nervous. You know, and they. They're just afraid not to be able to keep up. And I just have to explain to them or teach them to just ride their own ride, not to try to keep up with us. Um, you know, just not don't get out of their comfort zone. And I have Becky, um, and usually when we're in the pack, Becky takes the lead and she keeps the speed, you know, normal, minimal. Well, it's usually 15 miles over the speed limit. That's her mm-hmm. goal. Um, but I take the rear. I take the rear to make sure the girls are okay. We don't have any breakdowns. If somebody has an issue, I pull over with them. And then if Becky doesn't see me, then she pulls over the pack, and then we all kind of wait for each other. You uh, you take the rear, not the chase car, but you take the I rear. I take the rear, yeah. Okay. No chase cars allowed in our... in our. I heard about that last time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, I had to give them a little bit of crap. Sometimes we have a chase car, but it's not my doing. And, and chase cars have been around, but... I'm old school. I keep all my own gear with me in case there's any issues. I don't have to hunt that person down that has my gear. Mm. Just never been that way, you know. Plus, I have got a lot of a lot of money in our gear, period. And so I want my stuff with me. I want to make sure I know where it's at. But yeah, so the girls, I think it's just a matter of being patient with them, and you know, explaining things to them. And so I think that they they like that because we're not pushing them and they're learning. Yeah. Because they seem like they're just so young now, starting off. I wish I would have started off riding on the streets when I was in my early 20s. Mm. But I didn't hit the streets till I was much older. Yeah. Well, I see why yeah. they like you. You're you're very approachable. You have a, a very humble 
face. Your eyes are, you know, just very welcoming. So mm. I can see why they, they like, you know, gravitating to you and like learning from you. You seem like a very good person to, to learn from. You're hot Thank as fuck, you. babe. <laughs> hot as fuck. I'm not going to say that, but you can. But you can, Bob. <laughs> well, maybe now is the time in our program where we get to enjoy a song from the playlist. This is Songs from the Road. Sometimes you just got to be a little cliche. If y'all don't know, I've gotten to put out all the cool MP3s that I listen to when I'm riding. And uh, this was a good one that I always enjoyed with my pops and myself. It was one of his favorite songs. This is Await. Robbie Robertson and the band. Back in the day, when I was younger, I actually had what would be referred to as a mandolin rock band. And uh, it was kind of the standard rock setup that you'd expect in a normal rock band. Anyways, this was one of the great songs we got to cover. So, thanks for letting me share. So, Miss Annette, what's in the near future and the far future? Near future and far future. Well, I hope to be writing a lot this year again. I won't be working a full-time job. Nice. Just part-time here and there. So my plan is to ride. I just sat down and went through my calendar with one of my friends that lives up in Oregon. Gave her all my dates of where I'm going so far this year. So hopefully she can meet me or halfway. And her and I talked about maybe hitting Canada this mm. year. And Canada's really cool. It's really neat. In the United States, most people try to live close to the ocean. But in Canada, everybody tries to live next to the United States, so you don't it's have to warmer. go far. Yeah, because it's warmer. Yeah, <laughs> it's way warmer. It, yeah, it's it's cold in Canada, so they huddle up to the United States for warmth. Exactly, <laughs> our good neighbors. Yeah. Our I'm good a big neighbors. fan. I like to cuddle there a few times. I cuddle. Yeah, I want. I plan on riding a lot. I haven't really ridden much since um, October. Yeah, had some issues going on, so now I'm trying to get back into the game and and ride more want some trips and a lot of a lot of stuff going on this year i just want to ride good i just want to ride that's all i want to do and well, i haven't ridden and i'm really feeling it the last i'd say the last three weeks it's really been on my mind so hopefully yeah. the well, rain is not helping us yeah we got a lot of rain it's raining right now as we're podcasting yeah, yeah i've been a little cold a little wet i still rode to work and back today i don't know what y'all are talking about but Apparently they're... Well, the water beads right off of you, Bob. Oh, I'm so oily and greasy. <laughs> it just yeah. falls right off. If, yeah, if I'm out on the road and it's raining and I have a schedule, I, I'll go. Definitely not an oh, issue. Oh, yeah, but we've been stuck in the rain a few... Yeah, well, even when just, we were up in Sturgis, we got stuck in the rain. Yeah, you just ride. I mean, really it's just wet. part of it. But 
if I'm at home already in my bed and it's nice and warm and I have, a, <laughs> and I look outside and it's raining, I'm like, well, maybe not today. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not that I'm not that I'm the fair, fair weather rider, but if I'm out already, I'm on it. I'm definitely gonna ride. Usually, you're on a schedule, so you can't be screwing around either. Let's get to the burning questions. What's the burning question? We're under the impression you have read front to back <laughs> all eighty-seven thousand words of that which is. American Roadrunner, the book by Bob Marshall. I have. In fact, I've read it twice. Mm, what a compliment. I read it um, when you first put out a few chapters on my way when I was out to going to Maine. I'd read it a couple chapters a night or a couple of paragraphs at night because by the time I got to my room, I was dead tired. Yeah. I would read a little bit every night on my way out to um, Maine. By the time I got to Maine, I was done with what you had. What you had. And then when you published the book i reread it from front to back again to get the whole gist of it let's hear the review mm, the review the review let's see how can i say this just kidding i think it was a really oh good my book gosh. <laughs> <laughs> i think it's a good book i really like the fact that it started out as more more or less a um self help what would you call it kind of Figuring out what you were going through at the time. Yeah, there is a lot of philosophy, and I think it relates to a lot of middle-aged people, uh, maybe specifically men, as I am a man and I am the protagonist in my own book. But it is nice to sit down and write out the questions that we have and come up with the answers. And boy, when you're on a motorcycle hauling butt, and there's not much else to do. You really find the answers. So, right. and a I, philosophy. Yeah, I like how it started off that way and ended up in a book. Um, I believe in journaling and writing down your feelings. Yeah. And I've been I've done that for years. But you had, and you went for, and you finished your book. Where I've done that in journals, and I've written, and I throw them away, because mm. I don't want to hear it again. I don't want to live the past again. I, it's down. It's out. It's gone. I'm a true believer in shutting that door and moving on. So to write a book for me, that'd be like craziness. But you yeah. took that step where I literally have just tossed mine in the trash and don't ever want to see it again. Well, I think we have talked you into doing some good story sharing on our website. You have, and I've written three stories. I just have not taken the time to rewrite my chicken scratch to the computer, which I was going to do that today, but got mm. busy doing other things. That's how it goes. <laughs> it is on my list to do, and I have it right in front of me every day. Just got to sit down and do it, but... Yeah, and when I when you asked me to write those stories and did the first one on the plane, and next thing I knew, I was I was running out of room in the book. My chicken I had to use the back side of the pages to finish what nice. I had to say. So yeah, that's good. So hopefully yeah. I won't throw these ones away before I write it out for you. Well, then that really is it. Yeah, <laughs> that really is the fun to write, and is that it is selfish time where you get to spend by yourself to yourself. Mm -hmm. I'm sure I've mentioned I don't have a tv so i do have a tv in the corner in the cabinet it's hooked to the vcr but but i don't sit and watch tv i end up sitting and writing it out it's uh just selfish time to myself or if i'm at work on a break uh you know most of my book i wrote on my phone yeah, yeah i'm impressed with that because i have to do pen and paper but yeah and but my stories are just stories i didn't you know i didn't do any reflecting or anything like that so I guess you'll be able to read them again. You know, everybody's writing process is different. Yeah. I, I, 
you know, I'm a big, big advocate for trying different things when it comes to your writing process. Um, I started writing, you know, uh, chicken scratch, like you would say. And then I started writing on the computer and I realized that my voice was very different between the two of them. So now I've learned what things I like when I write it freehand and what things I like when I write on the computer and I try to combine them. And now the new thing that I'm learning since phones can dictate, you know, speak to text. Uh, now I've been trying to do dictation where you speak the story and then you try to combine three different writing styles because the same story will come out three different ways between Mm. handwriting, typing, and speaking. And it's so weird. Never thought about that. Like I said, I've only just done the chicken scratch. And in fact, the, the note journal notebook that I took with me on the plane and and I had a plan. I'm like, okay, I'm going on this trip. I'm going to take my pen. I didn't take anything. I didn't take my, I didn't take anything but that just because I knew I had to concentrate on that. But it was an older journal and I had a quote in there, um, from the past that really uh, affected my emotions on the plane and I was like, I almost didn't want to write because I was like, oh, crap, here we go. I'm going to start writing about something that's emotional and I don't, you know. So I took that thing and I was like, okay, I got to like go past that. But yeah, I didn't even know it was in there. But again, then I started wanting to write about emotional, you know, past history stuff. And I'm like, oh, I can't do that. That's not what I need to do. Because I've thrown out the plane window. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, but I think journaling has always helped me just to deal with issues. And, and the writing is, and it's been fun. I've had a good time with it. I just haven't. Good giving it to you to check it out yet nope you got to take your time with it be a selfish well they're done like. all three stories are done i just haven't taken the time to yeah so that's i'll tell you as a man who's published the answer is it's not done till it's published and even then it may not be done right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're learning that's what we're learning that's true, but as far as, you know, I'm ready to give them to you, I just haven't got there. But I get, you know, I get up in the morning and I was like, oh, well, let me just, you know, let me just fix this or let me fix that or let me do this. And then it's hard for me to imagine to sit down during the day and write it on the computer when I have so much. I feel guilty. I feel guilty doing it. Yeah, well, I, it, it's selfish time and you have is. to take the time for yourself. Guilty. For some people, it's self-care. Uh, in the shower for other people it's gardening or keeping their space organized yeah you know it may feel that way but there is no better feeling of satisfaction than to hold your own work in your hand when you publish your own book um so i highly recommend anybody listening to the podcast and you too annette when you get a chance write down all your stuff get it published get it edited then published and like there's something about just holding it that it makes you feel whole. It, it makes you uh, uh, feel like you've you've uh, you've reached another uh, another peak in your life. You know, and you just you just go, okay, I leveled up. I guess that's how they would say it. I leveled up. <laughs> so well, I highly recommend leveling up by yeah. by publishing. Yeah, yeah I never and thought about that way. Yeah, no, that's a benefit of the story sharing section of the website. We can do that for you. I haven't completely read Bob's book. I looked at the pictures and, nice. you know, they say a picture is worth a thousand words. Nice. And I think there's like 10 to 20 pictures. So I've already read like 10 to 20,000 words. There you go. Nice. I've almost read the book. So <laughs> there you go. I read the pictures. What was yeah, your favorite I, picture? The one of the motorcycle. You're hilarious. <laughs> My favorite chapter is number 27. Nah, yeah. 27. That's great. 
<laughs> that's great. We'll leave that for people who read the book. Yeah, exactly. Know what chapter read the book. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Lucky number twenty-seven. That's it. Yeah, I, but I did enjoy the book. It was great. I, you know, I just like the, you know, plus that you feel like you're there with him, on the on the race. You know, mm-hmm. had never had an, any idea that that even existed. Yeah. That people were crazy enough to do that kind of racing. Badassery and madness, badass, known exactly. as. Well, everyone's got to have their outlets. And just a good announcement. We're really excited for the near future. Our good friend over at Ride One K today, Mr. Curtis Morgan, has invited us to participate in the raffle that he does once a month. That is, if you complete and conquer the Ride One K today challenge, you get thrown into a raffle. And the raffle prizes at the end of every month will include from now on for this year a signed copy of American Roadrunner, as well as a few other good things. So we're pretty excited to be part of that. All right, so let's get down to the meat and potatoes of this thing. A little bit of salt and pepper. I like salt and pepper. Yes. What is it like to date a man like Mr. Bob Marshall? Jeez. Um, Let's see. Feels like we're on a game show. All the time, I know. Don't it? What's that? What's that game show? The Dating Game. The Dating Game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that one? Yeah, that was from the eighties. That was this. I'm not gonna say, but before oh. that, there was the Newlywed Game. <laughs> oh, jeez Louise. Because I'm giving my age. I'm wondering when they're gonna make a televised grinder game or something. You know, all the kids these days they go on the televised apps. what? Grinder. You don't know what grinder is. It's a sandwich. We'll get one over at Delia's. <laughs> it, it is kind of a sandwich if you think about it. No, it's uh, it's an app if you want to hook up. Oh, with, one of those dating ho- apps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to hook up with other like-minded gentlemen, you know, grinder. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, sorry, that was such a digression. Yeah, let's talk about something else. <laughs> the dating game, not the, the dating game. game. The dating game with Bob Marshall. Well, Bob and I actually, we were friends. Yeah, we were friends a long time. We were friends for a while before we, yeah. yeah, I Bob was just Bob. I mean, it was just Bob. He was just part of our the girls. I mean, I met him through. I was part of the girls? Part all of the right. girls group. Well, I just, I met him through all the girls I ride with. Through the I did I get to us. be on that cool podcast once, Girl on a Moto. I was a new girl on the moto. It no, was that's pretty, right. I'm very nice. secure in my sexuality, so I'm okay saying these types of things. And he's good about supporting us girls on the bike. He really is. Uh, but yeah, we were just friends. Um, yeah. for a long time, I didn't even, didn't even, I didn't even, I just looked at him as Bob, Bob, my friend. She had no desire to see me naked. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, I don't know what kind of changed. Just one night he was over, we were just hanging out and he just kind of said, yeah, I like you. And I'm like, I like you too. And he's like, no, I like, I really like you. And I looked at him like, oh, Oh, never thought about it that way. <laughs> it was my beard. It was the beard. But I did, what What I found was that him and I can have long conversations, long walks on the beach, you know, that kind mm. of thing. Um, We've never been to a beach, have we? <laughs> yes, we have. Really? I don't remember walking on it. Yes, we've been to the beach before. <laughs> so inquiring minds want to so, know, uh, what... Behind the closed doors, what are the terms of endearment that you call Bob that oh, I can is, steal away? <laughs> what what can I call Bob on the mic to make him smile and turn no. away, and turn, turn red away. and blush? Well, we'll keep it G-rated. Just babe for me. Just babe. Yeah. Just babe for now. That's all you guys need to know. What's your safe word? That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's in German. She was born in Germany. Y'all can't German. pronounce it. I hope it's not Shiza because that might do. That might be something else. No, it's fifty-eight <laughs> syllables long. Definitely. That's funny. I'll tell you what. It is a big benefit because it is nice that it's not a big deal for us to jump on our scoots and go for a ride. That is good. Cool. I know a few times I've ridden Pileteer on the <laughs> back of her. <laughs> I've ridden Pileteer on the back of her scoot to a few places, and uh, Versa Vasa. I always enjoy that. But it is nice just to jump on and go, and we don't really have, um, I think sometimes this is where we get to educate other people. I know in relationships, um, you know, if there's uh, the female rider and the male rider, and as they're riding together, they may or may not. Uh, be able to ride together maybe one slower than the other and we've seen it work both ways where husband is slower than wife or wife is slower than husband um, but it is nice uh, I know I don't have to worry about her sometimes she's next to me sometimes she's ahead of me sometimes she's behind me um, and that's a huge benefit in my opinion you think I ride too fast for you though on it well sometimes you ride a little too fast and I just as I've told the girls, ride your own ride. Sometimes I just don't want to go because he goes 85, 90. And I'm really happy at don't 80. Know. No, I'm not going that fast. Yes, you are. Really? 395 on the way home from when we came home what? from Kernville. You oh. were hauling ass. Was that when those Dinas were trying to keep up with me or when? No, oh. that was just when you and I were coming home. He's but like, anyways. He's like King Koopa on Mario Kart. He just builds up some momentum and just yeah, goes. Exactly. Just go fast. Yeah, and sometimes I I just don't I just don't like to go fast or I want to see what I'm I want to see the scenery and I'm just in my own yeah. land. You know, plus I'm you know I have my radio, my cruise control, oh God, and my snack packs and <laughs> so I'm just kind of in my own zone. Because when I'm on my bike, that's when I'm my happiest. And, and I'm if just... he knows what's good for him, he'll slow the fuck down for yeah, you. I can see where he's at. He knows where I'm at. And if I get too far behind, he'll he'll slow down and make sure I'm okay that I haven't broke down. Or Bob, the view just... is best from behind. Oh, that big orange motorcycle shines like the 4th of July in my rearview mirror. You can find me where he's yep, looking. I can see her just about anywhere. Yeah, but it's nice just to be able to just go and do. Sometimes we just go and we don't really have a plan. Um which is nice just to kind of go do hopefully this 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 year since I'm since I'm going to be a bum again not go back to work hopefully we can do some good rides this year and take off a few a week or two or something heck yeah I'm excited because yeah, the weather's good I just told me the other day I said I really want to go to Hawaii and I want to ride my a bike in Hawaii so it's hard to ride our bikes to Hawaii but it would be a good publicity stunt well we can ride once we get to Hawaii that'll be one more oh, ride, that'll oh, be no, one more one more state I, off I could my just, list yes, flying off into the sunset right into the ocean <laughs> you know i did see a car the other day with the hawaii license plate and i was like how did that get here there uh, is no interstate that goes from here to hawaii so how did they drive here oh uh, they ship them do yeah, they and i know yeah. that you I gotta change that. your plates after you move like you within do? like 90 oh, days or something a, yeah. no it's sooner than that now with yeah. the new laws this year i don't care you Those see that cars. stupid rainbow on the license plate you're like go back to your island <laughs> What Island a bunch girl. Of lucky people those of, are. Yeah, but yeah, that's what I want to do is rent a bike out there and ride around well, we the got island. A few, yeah, we got a few exciting rides before then. Uh, I reckon we'll be chatting about them on the podcast as they come up. I look forward to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah we always have a good time, and I think it definitely is comforting for me that Annette has the riding experience that she does. 
and uh, I reckon Versa Vasa. Oh, yes. Yeah, so. Definitely. There's not many people I will ride next to side by side. Only a few, Bob being one of them. I don't do that often, but he's somebody I feel comfortable with doing mm. that with. We ought to set up some sort of podcast where it's like uh, the Return from the Road podcast, where like after somebody does a big long trip, as soon as they get back into town, together for like four weeks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so that'd like, be a good one. As good as one. soon as you get back into town, you don't even like change or you anything. You come in the door. The mics are set up for the podcast, and Ooh, you just talk about your stories while they're fresh. Let's go on a yeah. long ride like, together. Oh Let's see if we don't kill each other, and then we'll, well kill well. each other on when we get back. That way it's all fresh in your head. You yeah, know, exactly. Those stories yeah. just roll off your tongue. She gets real frustrated yeah, yeah. when I don't shower for a few days, but drives me that, crazy. I, I got the baby powder. It doesn't fresh as can doesn't be. work. Does just doesn't work does, really. It's not the same. It smells like mayonnaise and onions in the sun. <laughs> Is that what you're trying to tell me? Holy hell. You need some oh, old spice. Ryan, old spice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a rough one. That's And I have learned with riding with Bob this year, we've done some quite a few, bit of camping together. Yeah, that's cool. It's nice to just bring a tent. Because I'm the girl that usually needs the hotel room with my coffee in the morning and a shower. I'm usually a two-shower a day, full shower in the morning just to rinse off in the night, even at home, just rinse my day off mm. so we went camping a few times there was no showers a few places and it was rough for me a lot of baby wipes <laughs> tons of baby wipes but i got through it and i i survived and he still liked me afterwards so i guess i didn't well we're so bad. busy having a good time the days yeah it is together you're just kind of taking a little nap at night and keep going yeah. There's something I'm. That getting... was up in Cornville, right? That's what you were talking about. We mm-hmm. went to Cornville. We took Cornville. Uh, took Miss Lilac with us. Yeah, it's just it's it's a new experience for me. I'm learning to do that, and I'm I'm it's, I, I like it. I mean, if I, it means I can go and have a good time, I'll definitely do it. But Man, I've got a lot of baby wipes and 16 pair of underwear. Just imagine, you know, back <laughs> in the times of the old west, no. you know, where where people wore <laughs> all no. They wore. <laughs> They wore a pair of long johns all winter long, and they did not bathe. They did not take them off. And then when they did finally take those off in the spring to bathe that first time, I'm sure it was uh, it was mm. like taking a cast off. I don't know if you've ever yes. broken an arm or leg. I broke an arm. Take that cast off. Yeah, oh. that's that's all winter long right yeah. there. I'm definitely spoiled when it comes to that. I I like my showers, and I pull into a hotel room, motel room. I like my bed nice long hot shower or jacuzzi or even a pool or a lounge but some of it is so psychological yeah it is i've seen you i've been freezing and we're riding somewhere and i'm freezing i'm like are you okay and she's like oh yeah i'm fine and then we get to the hotel room she's like oh it's cold well it's been cold all day what (laughs) yeah and i'm good (laughs) now you're cold I've, i've learned to like psych myself out and and just go and do and and yeah and that's one of the reasons why I don't like riding at night. One time I was on my way to Sturgis. It was a prompt to trip on the bikes, unexpected. I rode, and my cousin and her husband um, trailered to get out there. We only had like two. We left on Sunday. We got there on basically Monday night. And Monday I rode like 850 miles on my Sportster. And I didn't know the difference between what I have now and a Sportster. So I wasn't in, you know, I wasn't in pain or, but I just said I had to go, you know, you know, this, you made this choice. You got to go. If you want to have this a week in Sturgis, you just got to roll. 
And um, that was my first experience at night yeah. on the bike on Highway 85. It Nothing but deer. Nothing oh, they just deer. come out. And I was in front, and they were behind me in the trailer, truck and trailer, and I pulled over, and um, my cousin was driving, and so they swa- they swapped, and he rode, he drove, and the plan was for me to be behind them, behind the trailer, and our him and I deal was no no brakes. If deer comes out, he's gonna hit it, and hopefully he hits it hard enough, or she's gonna go flying over, over the truck, over the trailer, and over me. Um, but they were everywhere. <laughs> that was the plan just to keep going. And that's why my cousin, she's like, I don't want nothing to do with that. Cause she knew she'd slam on the brake and kill me probably. Um, well, so, there's a big problem with 85 and that is 10 miles off to the side of the road. They've got the reflectors and the reflectors are doubled up for some reason. So it literally looks like deer eyes every hundred yards or something. I mean, 85 at night is not, I've done it twice. Not, yeah. It's not cool. But these were deer cause I saw the antlers and right and they were there it's buck cold and it there yeah it wasn't that it was a little i take that back it was cold but it was just the whole deer and i said right. you know what if i get through this i don't want to ride at night again and we got to the hotel um in newcastle wyoming and the jacuzzi closed like 15 minutes before that my cousin was literally at the door lady's door banging on it like <laughs> my cousin needs to wind down and she still wouldn't open it for me but but then I, I was cold. I was tired. I was sore because I had pushed myself. But you have to you have to get in that state of mind that you just this is it. This is what you gotta do. You you made the choice. You know it's kind of like that thing. You make the choice. You gotta rock it. You gotta rock it. You just gotta do it. So mm. that was the first time that I said I don't want to ride at night again. Mm. And you just put your mind to it. and You just have to do it. Just the way it goes when you're on the road. Annette, thanks for joining us today. Anything else you'd like to add? Nope, I think you guys covered it all. We appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on, babe. (laughs) You're welcome, babe. Mr. Bry. And so long for me as well. This podcast can be found on AmericanRoadRunnerPodcast.com. All these things we do here are built around the book aptly named American Roadrunner by Mr. Bob Marshall. You can find it on Amazon, in paperback, ebook, and coming soon on audiobook. Well, and we're real excited to light up the YouTube channel, if I may be so bold to mention. Check out the podcast now on the YouTube channel, as well as a nice commercial for the book that Miss Tracy put together for us. Also, you can find us on iTunes now. Yep, we're getting out there. All right, so thank you very much. Come see us next time. Life is short. Race it.